What's up, y'all? Welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we're already having. Shout out to all our returning listeners, and high five and hello to everybody joining us for the very first time. I appreciate y'all so much. My guest today is an educator, a teacher, which I think is the same thing as an educator. She is an amazing person, and she also happens to be my wife and the mother of our future child. It is my privilege and honor to welcome that person, Emily Armstrong, to the show. Hey, wife. Hi. <laughs> I just got super nervous uh, while bringing you onto the show. That was sure. strange. That was strange. I feel like I don't necessarily feel that when I have other guests on, but my first now time. I feel like I have to be nervous, I guess. I don't know. Um, for people watching on YouTube, you can see that we are shooting in a different location this time. Mm-hmm. We are coming to you live from our living room. You very well may see our cat, Vladimir, mm-hmm. coming or into the shot. Him. Or hear him. That is very possible. <laughs> um, really excited about this episode and this conversation. One more until our final episode of 2023, which is going to be our holiday recap where we talk about your top five episodes of the year thank you everybody who has been voting really appreciate that really surprised at some of the results so far so that's going to be exciting but today we are not here to talk about any of that but make sure you do go vote link in all the bios excited to have you on thank you for making the time thank you for allowing us to work in our own space in our own house to do this and as we start all of our conversations for folks watching or listening who don't know who you are do you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself sure <laughs> <laughs> um i'm emily armstrong patrick's wife um i am an educator i have worked in education for the past seven years um, formerly as an eighth grade English teacher, currently this year I am working as an instructional coach where I write and create curriculum for the English department. And then I also spend a lot of my time working in the special education department, specifically working with students with ED. And you come from a family of teachers. I do. My entire family is educators. They warned me many times to not go into education (laughs) and go into nursing or something else. And I uh, chose to ignore it. Um, But yeah, no, my mom is an educator. My uncle is a principal. My grandpa was my superintendent when I was growing up. So um, school has always kind of felt like home to me. It's a very comfortable place. Um, I've spent a lot of time in different schools. So, um, yeah, so I work in education. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Education, a big part of your identity for sure. It is. Conversations that we've had a lot. Uh, and it makes holiday conversations, small talk, very easy because you can just talk to them about all of the teacher stuff. Yeah, I do feel bad for the spouses sometimes because my family and, <laughs> and I will get into educator talk and talking about students or curriculum or what have you and uh the the spouses just kind of sit there quietly so well we have our own conversations it's totally fine (laughs) and your family's also super competitive which we'll probably talk about a little bit um which is how i was welcomed into this family uh through competition but in that vein a lot of questions that i get are how did you two meet so Mm. i wanted to start (laughs) with our origin story and i don't know do you want to take that do you want to tell that story i think you tell it a slightly better than i do (laughs) um so patrick and i have kind of like known of each other since probably like 2013 um we grew up very close uh, about 30 minutes away from each other but didn't know each other in high no. school or anything, um, but just with the small network that comes with um, growing up in smaller towns, um, knew of each other from <laughs> uh, different places. I actually really was a fan of Patrick. Um, okay, for those of you who maybe don't know, Patrick had a music career. Um, <laughs> check him out on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> But he uh, put out a lot of music. Um, He rapped over different beats as well as kind of um, taking samples from different 
collections and putting his own <laughs> lyrics on top of them. And he would release that out on Twitter and SoundCloud. And I thought his stuff was dope. <laughs> <laughs> you always put me on blast for that. I've been retired for a while. I think yeah, most people know. But. So I, you know, I would message him a few times or like like his post or whatever. And then, yeah, so I guess I kind of our circles were just like kind of came past. And then, I don't know, and maybe like 2016, so I think it was 2016, 2015. 2016 after I came back from San Diego. Okay. After I, right after I moved back. So, yeah, there was a, a music festival called Forecastle in Louisville um, and Florence and the Machine. No, Bunbury. Bunbury. Oh, yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. Bunbury. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> we did go to Forecastle. We did go to Forecastle, but yeah. Um, you cried to Maggie Rogers. Yep. And uh, Florence and the Machine was headlining among of Monsters and Men, Bayside, just a lot of bands that we both enjoyed. And he posted on Twitter, like, who's going with me? And I just look at me just like out here making moves. I just like <laughs> slid in and was like, if you drive, I'll go. And so we went and um, we had never hung out like individually at all. I knew he was like a safe person. Like I had been around him in group settings and stuff. I felt very like, comfortable. Um, so yeah, we went to the music festival. Um, we hung out when Florence came on. I was like, I'm going the front. And he was like, <laughs> I'm not into that. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you at the car. (laughs) And just ditched (laughs) him. And kind of just ditched him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so then we drove home and then he dropped me off. And I literally didn't hear from him for an entire year. (laughs) I didn't hear from you either. Don't put that all on me. Yeah, we did not talk at all for an entire year. Um, And then, yeah, I don't know. I think you hit me up randomly after that maybe about like game of thrones or something let me let me let me interject real quick and ask a question when you originally slid into the dms (laughs) about going to see florence was that a flirtatious slide no okay it was just like let's just go to this concert it was like i had known (laughs) just like based off social media that we had similar music taste and like i always saw that you like were going to shows and i was really into the music scene um, as well. And so I just knew that we would have a good time and I was interested in going to the concert and no one else was of my friend group was down. So I was like, that is true. Let's go. Okay. So (laughs) we are now a year after this moment. I have hit you up randomly to hang out. Uh I don't know that I had ulterior motives at that point in time. I don't think it was just like, this girl's hot. Let's reconnect. (laughs) And let's see what happens. Let's yeah. just see what happens. Um, I think this is one of your favorite parts of the story. Yeah. To tell. So then we proceed to go on, I would say, 22 dates. Okay, you have the other day you said 27, so I feel better about 22. <laughs> it's in the it's in the 20s um, for sure. Um, but those dates are very like friends. But now we're starting to flirt, kind of, and. Um, so <laughs> we have lunch plans or something, and I tell my roommate, again, we've been out at this point over 20 times, I tell my roommate, Kelsey, that you're either, on this day, I just had a feeling that you were either going to say, I'm into you more than a friend, we should progress, <laughs> or you're going to be like, I just really enjoy your friendship. <laughs> so I get to the lunch, and we're chatting, and... Neither of those things happen. Instead, you say, I'm mu- I'm moving to Houston. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whip out a camera out of my new backpack yep. and say, I'm going to go take pictures and volunteer in Houston. Yeah. Hurricane Harvey had just hit. Yes. And so Patrick um, wanted to work at a food bank and um, upped and moved away. <laughs> and so then... He moved to Houston and we corresponded. And at that point, I'm getting now floods of texts and calls. <laughs> of just <laughs> um, I really knew and he would drive to... back to Indianapolis to see me. And I would at, finally at one point, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? So. You did put out. We had one. We went out in a broad ripple mm-hmm. for a day and it was rainy like it is today. Yep. <laughs> And I'll never forget, we sat down in one of the corner places by the bar and had just the worst time. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I remember us walking away and after that one, and I was like, I should turn around and run after her and be like, hey, you know, like, <laughs> yes. And then I just, I kept looking back and I just kept walking away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is over. Yep. But it didn't know. It wasn't over. Nope. It continued on. Nope. Um, finally, worked up the courage to, actually, I told people at a certain point that we were boyfriend and girlfriend after after coming back from Houston. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we started hanging out like for real, for yeah, real. Yeah, for and real. It was yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And then I started telling people that we were yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend before we had established right. that. Um, yeah, I always say we did like a long will they, won't they. Very long. Yeah. It was very long. The long And game. then a random day in April 21st. April 21st. April 21st, we said... I said, let's do it. And then we were hanging out and then we moved to Chicago. Yep. And then we came back from Chicago, got engaged in Chicago, came mm-hmm. back from Chicago, got married here in Indianapolis. And now here we are expecting mm-hmm. our first child mm-hmm. in a month <laughs> yeah. and a half. Yep. Very exciting. Um, well, thank you for sharing <laughs> that origin story of ours. Um, always got to put me on blast for the rap career. Uh I feel like I'm hyping you up. I do appreciate it. You all, you all, it is always very much hype. It is never like, I am very supportive (laughs) of a continuation. I'm always always trying to give me a freestyle when we're in the car. Yeah. If we're on like a long drive and like the beat is right, sometimes Sometimes. he'll like throw something down over it it and I'll be like, all right. Yeah. Oh, we'll link we'll link it in the show notes. I'll link my SoundCloud in the show notes for people to look at. Uh, it feels like every time I try to bring it back a little bit. What was your stage name again? Pat the Prodigy. Oh, that was old, old school. <laughs> when I first started, it was Pat the Prodigy, and then I had to pay reverence to Mob Deep and drop the Prodigy, which I talk about one of my mm. over Shook Ones Part Two freestyle. I dropped the Prodigy officially in that one, so it was just my name. Yeah. During COVID, um, we kind of had like a little pod group that we hung out with. And that's where I learned to play euchre. Very important. Um, but also those, the two of the guys also like to rap. So it was very, we'd be playing euchre and the three guys would just be throwing bars. <laughs> and it, it was, was really good. fun. I like, it, it I fun. like when people try and freestyle. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. Even if they're not. That's not their thing. Yeah. It's fun to do. Um, all right. Yeah. We'll talk about more of that later, maybe. Uh, we, in preparation for this baby, we just took a trip to New York mm-hmm. and we just got back from that yesterday as of recording. Um, I had a great time. It was a little baby moon. And I wanted to ask you two questions. The first one being, what was the funnest thing that you think we did in New York? This is the first time, so for context, this is the first time we've been together. We've both been in New York separately on different occasions, but this is the first time we went together on just like an actual vacation. So funnest thing that you think we did? Most fun thing that we did. (laughs) Funnest. This was actually my first time staying in Brooklyn. I've always stayed in Manhattan um, prior and I really liked Brooklyn. I felt like it, there was just as much to do and see, um, the people were really creative and interesting. It also felt less touristy and like more walkable where in Manhattan it's like massive crowds, especially I'm assuming at this time of year. Um, so I guess I would say like staying in Brooklyn was really, fun to me and I really enjoyed. We also got to have a really nice dinner um, with Alicia and her Dave. husband, Dave, and their daughter, Coco. Yep, that was a good time. Um, which was a great time. And Coco was a big fan of Patrick. So that was also <laughs> really enjoyable. Shout out to Coco. Uh, shout out Alicia and Dave for taking us out for dinner. That was a good time. Our Brooklyn day was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed Brooklyn too. Quiet. Yeah. felt like very quiet compared to my t- other times being in New York. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Okay, my second question is a hot take question. Mm. Honest opinion about Rockefeller Plaza. Underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we when we planned this trip to New York, I was like, you know, we got to go see the Rockefeller tree. It's that time of year, you know, whatever. It was like a one thing. Yeah, that you know. It was like the big thing we and were planning. And so, around. you know, we went and did it and it was 
it was beautiful, but it was definitely one of those like Instagram versus reality moments. Like our pictures look great, but it was slam packed. You could barely move wall to wall of people. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe had we ice skated or something, there would have been that like Christmas vibe. But I just I did feel like it was a, maybe a tad underwhelming. But I mean, I'm glad that we still did it and yeah. checked it off. I don't know that I like need to go back. Um, <laughs> but I kind of feel the same about like Times Square. Like if I sure. never walk through Times Square again, I think that's OK. Like it's one of those things like you've done it. Okay. It was like warm too a little bit. Yeah. And we, but then there was like hundreds of thousands of people and it felt like, I felt like I was in a bar except nobody was drunk and everyone was just trying to take pictures and were maybe more rude than people that were sure. drunk in a bar. Yeah. I guess good point about the weather we did, which was great. We had unseasonably warm weather and the sun, it was like 55 and sunny. Um, so maybe that did take away a bit from like the Christmas charm or the holiday spirit of it all sure. but <laughs> okay a follow-up i just thought of navigating new york especially our like manhattan soho chinatown day navigating as a pregnant person mm. how do you feel about how did you feel like that went yeah um it was fine i mean it was a lot of walking my feet were pretty swollen <laughs> when we got back i Very think we true. walked Seven and a half miles, and I'm I'm currently 34 weeks pregnant, um, so it was quite a bit of walking. But um, no, I felt it was very doable. Obviously, everybody's body is different, everybody's activity level is different, but um, it didn't feel yeah challenging or overwhelming for me. But yeah, well, I felt like uh, I felt like you moved around good, like. Bathroom breaks are a real thing for our, in our yeah, family. So uh, yeah, we, we definitely to... did have to be strategic with the bathroom yeah. breaks. Well, that's the thing. It's not like Indy where there's a bunch of... Like public just, restrooms. Yeah, public restrooms. Yeah. It's like you go to a coffee shop, they might not even have a bathroom. Right. And so we had to be very strategic about that. But I had a good time. I agree about Rockefeller. It was underwhelming. The tree, I felt like, was underwhelming. Did I saw you? somebody post about it and it's like, it's giving tree. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's just a tree. Like... It's not mm. even, it didn't feel overly large. It didn't feel as grandiose. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't know, like, I thought I said it when we were there, but the Hawkeye show mm. has a scene there. Yeah. And it, uh, the tree felt so much bigger. And, but maybe that's because there was, like, no people out there in the thing. Like, Instagram versus reality. Yeah. So, kind of disappointing. I hope that's not a hot take. I hope that's not a cancelable take. But, <laughs> I agree. Go see the tree. If, that tre sure. if you want to see the tree, go see yeah. the tree. If you want to see a tree, we can turn the camera around and look at our <laughs> fake Christmas tree that we have here. Looks about the same. No. <laughs> I'm being honest. Looks almost the same. All right. Well, we're going to move on to kind of a rapid fire segment. These are questions that I came up with over the past few days that I wanted to ask you that... You can answer as quickly as you want. You can give some elaboration. I might ask some follow-ups, but um, okay. some fun questions, I feel like. Okay. To get to know you a little bit more, get to know maybe me a little bit more, and also to test your knowledge on one question in particular. <laughs> I'm really excited to ask. All right. So this is segment to be named. Um, <laughs> first question, baby names that didn't make the cut. Ooh. We uh, have a name picked out. We're not telling anybody except for her therapist and her hairdresser, I guess, which is fine, apparently. But we <laughs> have a name picked out. We're very excited salty about. about that. <laughs> I am a little salty. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you because I feel like you had a good list. So I want to know your just a couple or more or your favorite ones that didn't make the cut. Mm. And maybe if you wanted to elaborate, you can. The only reason I'm hesitant is because if we were to have a second, maybe I wanted to use them. Oh, okay. All right, baby but names. I'll, I'll share. I'll share you. Can share you. Some. you don't. You know, you don't have to get yeah. too deep into it. So for me, Griffin Theodore Armstrong was on the list for a while. Um, Theodore or Teddy would be um, Patrick's grandpa's name. Um, I just think Griff is cute. Um, because of our last name being, to me, it's a strong, it obviously has the word strong in it, but it's like a heavier last name. I feel like Nine I, letters. Yeah, I gravitated towards like more one syllable or shortened first names. Um, 
I really like the name Aslan, Patrick. Didn't really like that. If anyone doesn't know, that's from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We ain't Narnia. <laughs> um, but I really like the name Aslan. We talked about Jack for a while. Just classic name. Classic American name. Yeah, you know, just like classic, <laughs> short, one syllable. <laughs> um... I, can't, I don't know. Oh, I mean, we had quite a few girls' names. I don't know if it's because of the educator in me, but name selection can be a little bit difficult because there's sure. a lot of associations with names. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, I found myself liking a lot more, more feminine um, names than masculine names. I told Alicia at dinner, and she agreed with me that sometimes when you're thinking about a boy name, you're like... That sounds like a guy I wouldn't date. <laughs> and so they're like not, you know. I would like not date any guys named Griff. So okay. I'm glad we didn't go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep the girl names close to the vest in case we do have a girl if we do end up having a second Sure. Time. I like some of the girl names. I, I like a lot more of the girl names than the guy names. Yeah. I feel like of the boys' names that I shared, are there, they're ones that I liked that I know that we won't use. Sure. I definitely shut one of them down. So, um, all right. Most annoying thing about me. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, probably the fact that you take your shoes off. And even though we have a perfectly positioned shoe rack right next to the door, they still are. All over the house. I feel like that's a recency bias thing that just happens. <laughs> that happens all the time. I'm surprised. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, okay. Another one is that you take your pajamas and put them right next <laughs> to the laundry basket instead of in the laundry basket. All right. I don't know why I asked this question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, those are those, those, those. I'll take those. That's not bad. That's not bad. Annoying. It's just like a, a me thing. No, Patrick's actually very, very tidy, which I appreciate. I'm a Virgo and I'm very organized and very detail oriented. And I can be, I'm very visually, <laughs> I don't know, aware. And I like things pretty orderly. So, um, yeah, I feel really lucky that Patrick is also like that in, in a lot of ways and is very tidy. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's neither of those were what I thought you were gonna say. Although they track. What uh, did you think I was gonna say? I thought you were gonna say something about my poop humor, my feces humor. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't oh, gonna come child. out of my mouth. <laughs> I am a child. Um, yeah, that'll be maybe that's a that's a, that's an exclusive conversation for our paid newsletter subscribers. <laughs> we'll get into no that one later. wants to hear it. Okay, next question. Uh, your biggest pet peeve just in general. Oh. That is not my shoes or my pajamas. Um. It doesn't have to be about me. Just biggest pet peeve for you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I knew, but now that you just asked me, I like can't name it. Um. I just watched a video that says when you have that happen, you're supposed to just talk about anything else. Really? And, or think about anything else, mm-hmm. and it'll generally come to you. So do you want to move to a next question? Sure, maybe. Okay, because I feel like circle you're going to be... Able, yeah, we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back, circle back to the pet peeve. All right. Which competition reality TV show would you most want to be on? Slash, oh. which competition reality TV show would you feel most confident to win? So two-parter. <sighs> this is a hard question. So if you don't know, my favorite genre of television is competition reality. If it's out there, I've probably watched it. Definitely the one that I think I'm the most in position to win is Big Brother. (laughs) Because I'm a social creature. I generally feel like I can chat with lots of different people. Also, the challenges I feel like I could do. Like, There's only a few of the physical challenges that I think would be really difficult for me. Unlike like maybe Survivor with all the swimming would be a lot harder for me to do. On the spot, Big Brother, one-liner audition tape, go. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right. Um, but my, I, I have to say my favorite competition reality show to watch is Drag Race. Would you want to be on that show? No, I'm not a drag queen. Well, which one would you want to most be on? Big Brother. 
You want to be on that one, and you feel most confident that you would win that Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Okay, all right. Well, you have watched <laughs> all the Big Brothers. You also said that you, there's a competition reality show that you that's out there. You've probably seen it. You feel confident that you've seen nearly every competition reality no, TV show? Okay. No, Well, that was a big Well, flex. and I will say, like, the most of the ones I watch are, yeah, like, I like the, like, Big Brother Survivor game show category, but sure. I also really enjoy, like... Anything that's like design related, so like home interior, um, makeup, like beauty, fashion, that kind of thing. I don't have that skill set. I definitely wish I could sew and create and design. Um, but all right, one more follow up: mm-hmm. biggest or favorite queen from Drag Race? Jinx Monsoon. Oh yeah. Is that an easy answer? I don't know. I don't want to watch the show like you do. Yeah, Jinx Monsoon. I mean, winner of winners. Let us know in the comments if that's an easy answer, if that's a cop-out answer. Let us know. Yeah. I want to know. Um, circling back, pet peeve. Mm. <laughs> Did you think of it? The wrong your. I don't the know. The wrong I'm a, your? I'm no. an English teacher. <laughs> Is that really it? I don't know. I don't enjoy that, though. <laughs> okay. You. That's your. That was not what I thought. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. To be honest, I don't know what your biggest pet peeve is. I don't either at this moment. Just the wrong your. <laughs> I can't think of one at the it moment. It feels like a blooper answer. All right, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not what I thought you were going to say. Okay. My last question for this particular segment to be named is the test your knowledge question. Mm. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. And this is going to be potentially go viral in my community. <laughs> what does John Chi mean? It means <laughs> it means feast. Okay, putting in the clapping sound effects. Bonus question: Do you know the other word that it means that we just found out recently? Mm, to like celebrate or gather. That's part of the original. Okay. It means also means banquet. We found. Oh. So we've been calling ourselves Fancy. the Banquet Boys. Okay, this is for my fun. other podcast, The John Chi Show, which I'm assuming the people listening to this also listen to. All right. I thought that was going to stump you. I'm not going to lie. How many episodes of The John Chi Show have you listened to? <laughs> Maybe three or four. <laughs> How many episodes do you think we have? <laughs> Over 100. 155, Good I job, think. We're guys. Close to. Yeah. Three okay, years. That's I a will lot. say. I listen to you record. That's true. So I get to hear the unedited version often. So yeah, no, I, but me like going to po- Apple Podcasts or Spotify and clicking play, not very often. Is it rude? But very often do I hear them being recorded. So is it rude that I thought you weren't going to get that right? It's okay. <laughs> It's hilarious. I just know that she doesn't really listen to the show like my mom does, who's listening to this right now. Absolutely. I'm sure. so, Hi, Cheryl. Um, congratulations. I'm excited that you got that one right. Um, better than your pet peeve answer. The wrong <laughs> your. I'm not here for that. I know you got different ones than that. But okay, that was segment to be named because I don't have a name for it yet, but it was good. I thought those were good answers. And people know now about you from a competition reality standpoint. So Big Brother... If you need somebody, she's on the cat. She's on the couch right now. She couldn't come up with a one line audition, but have her on the show. So, okay, we're going to move into the back part of this episode. Um, generally, we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we already have on this show. For this show, we're doing a little bit different. We're having I had the audience in the in the week leading up to this episode send in some answers or some answers, some questions mm-hmm. that we can answer. And we got some pretty good ones. So I don't know if we're gonna get to all of them today or in this conversation. But we're gonna try and get to some of them. Um and I appreciate everyone who sent in a question. I thought a lot of these were really, really good. So I've got a few I'm gonna ask you. You have a few that you can ask me. And then we have a couple both for both of us. So I'm going to ask you a question first, and then you can ask me one, and we'll go back and forth. Um, first question. Did you grow up around a diverse group of people or just white spaces like I grew up in? I definitely grew up in more white spaces. 
Um, I guess we kind of touched upon it when our talking about how we grew up like 30 minutes apart yeah so i actually grew up in a smaller town than patrick did um if you can believe that (laughs) (laughs) um i think the last time i checked our population was like 800 and we don't even have a stoplight um so yeah um yes no i grew up um in a very homogenous um place um But I do feel like I was very privileged and lucky in a lot of ways that I was able to travel a lot. Um, I'm an only child and my mom is a teacher. And so every summer we always took trips and we went to a lot of different places. And so um, from a pretty young age, I was able to see a lot of different um, people, lifestyles, cities, um, backgrounds. And so when I would come back to my hometown, I knew that something else was out there. And I knew that where I was growing up wasn't, wasn't the world, you know, it wasn't a reflection of what every place was like. And so, um, I kind of always describe myself as having like big city dreams in a way. I grew up on a farm With cows and pigs, which I loved. I really enjoyed growing up on a farm. I think it really um, gave me a good work ethic um, and gave me like a deep love for animals. Um, But I was very ready to leave. Um, When I started looking at colleges, I knew I had to go to an in-state school just for financial reasons. Um, But I chose IEPY, which is located in Indianapolis, because it was the biggest city. I, you know, I looked at IU and some other places and it still felt too rural to me. Um, and I just really wanted to be in an urban area. Um, and then I think, you know, studying at IEPY, in a lot of ways, it was like kind of a culture shock. It was the first time I was around um, people of different ethnicities and backgrounds on a daily basis. It definitely was the first time I made friends with people of different ethnicities and backgrounds and got to like listen and hear more about their experiences. I also think being an English ed major um, led me to reading and visiting a lot of places that you know, I was required to take an African-American lit or an indigenous lit um, courses. So I was exposed to a lot more of people's stories and working in more urban schools, again, just being more exposed to those things. Um, so while, yes, I did grow up in a white space, um, I do feel lucky that my experiences have led me to a more diverse community. Well, I think there's the biggest difference between like you and the rest of the educators in your family too, is like you didn't go back to wherever or stay wherever you grew up. It's like you kind of found your way out and then not like in a running away sense, but right. found your way towards the city and then found like passion and purpose in that yeah, space. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, a lot of the educators in my family have had very short stints of working in urban schools, sure. but I've definitely had my entire career student teaching and career all be in urban settings. And I do think that does give you a different lens um, in a lot of ways, yeah. not just in, as it from an educator. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. You could ask me a question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, thoughts on knowing a biological relative for the first time as we are about to have our first baby. Yeah, I uh, feel like I've been talking about this a little bit on this show and the other show and in my newsletter. Um, It's very interesting. I think it's quite frightening, to be honest. Um, Something that I don't think that you think about until the moment arises. And as we get closer to it, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've tried to like, think about or guess what my reaction is going to be. And I don't really know. I'm assuming I'm just going to cry. I figured that's (laughs) probably what's going to happen. But um, I feel like I've come so far in the last three years, but especially in the last like six months with just kind of understanding who I am and really like finding comfort and security and like my own identity in a different way than a lot of this other journey has been. And so I think before, even like if this would have happened a year ago, I think I would have been 
maybe one or the other extreme, like super, super scared or like so excited that like, you know, I have this opportunity finally to see somebody who might look like me a little bit. But I think right now I feel very calm. Uh, just, even just about parenthood in general, I feel very calm and like, I don't feel overprepared, but I don't feel underprepared. I feel the right amount of prepared. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about, you know, seeing a biological relation for the first time right mm-hmm. now is just like, I feel really lucky and privileged to have that opportunity. To see like yourself reflected yeah. in another. But I also don't feel like overly excited or like overly afraid of how that might affect me because I am I've done a lot of this like internal work Mm -hmm. over the last three years and especially the last six months you know to feel like I'm more I don't want to say even keeled but just more like prepared Mm -hmm. even though I know like when it happens I'll probably like freak out and like I'll be calling my therapist like hey we gotta we got stuff we need to talk about (laughs) like I got some shit I need to work through so that's a good question um all right which one do I want to ask you? Well, I guess I'll ask you this because I feel like people would like to know. Um, and people have asked me, and it's good. I think this is one of the reasons I want to do this is like some of these questions I feel like are good to hear your perspective on mm-hmm. when I've always had to share it. Like people are like, oh, what does Emily feel about this or this? Yeah. So what were you always open to me exploring my Asian American adoptee identity? I think the short answer is yes, but I, I, I think it wasn't always uncomplicated. Sure. Um, yes, I've always been supportive and encouraged you to um, go as deep into this journey as you wanted to go. I do think there have definitely been moments um, or it would be it wouldn't be transparent to act like there haven't been moments of it feeling maybe overwhelming for both of us at different times and it bringing up lots of different emotions and things in for both of us. Um, I think also Patrick is a very, when he does something, he does something at 150%. It's not a casual endeavor ever. So definitely I think that first year from that first moment of you, you know, starting to listen and read and reach out and find community, it it went really quickly. It mm-hmm. was all it was very fast that you were head first into this and it took up a lot of your time. Um, it dominated most of your conversations and things. And while that was very exciting, there were moments where it felt a little like overwhelming. Sure. Um, but I would say, you know, over the past three years, like you going on this identity journey and finding this community has done nothing but enrich our lives. Um, you've gotten to know yourself more and all of the people that have came in and out of our lives through this community have been amazing. You know, everyone I've met, you know, some of which I've now have my own friendship with, um, have been, um, yeah, really wonderful for me to learn from as well. There's been a lot of learning moments for me as like a spouse. I definitely was naive to a lot of adoptee issues, um, before meeting you and before you going on your own journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think, uh, the short answer being yes. <laughs> the short answer, yes. The <laughs> slightly longer answer, it's complicated. Yeah, I think there, there, there nothing doesn't have, yeah. you know, ebbs and flows of, of different things. And it's it, it's a traumatic event. It's a heavy event. And so it's going to come with, you know, different things. Um, and for any adoptee spouses out there, like... I see you. I understand. Like it, there are varying emotions. I've definitely experienced like insecurities on my own, um, having feelings of like, will Patrick, does Patrick, will ever, will Patrick ever wish that he married someone Korean or that, um, you know, those kind of my own insecurities. Um, there's a movie past lives that I think came out this year, this summer, I think it kind of touches on that topic and I have 
yet to see it. I do. I've heard it's great. And I do think it's something I'd love to watch at some point. But I think emotionally I'm a little nervous on how it might affect me. So I haven't haven't watched that one yet. But yeah. Well, it's just the idea of different lives. That's not, that's been less of like, do I wish I married somebody else? I feel like mostly, not that you haven't had that thought or anything or that's come across your mind, but also the idea of do you just wish or do I just wish that I had like a different life yeah. in general? And which you've shared, you know, is a common thing for adoptees to, to go through is to play out different well, fantasies think, of lives. Think about it, yeah. You know? After you go in that, this. what if you yeah, know, one hundred percent. But it's hard to live in the hypothetical, and you can't because it pulls you out of the present. Right. It's not that you can't or shouldn't think about it. It's that it's also like those different lives, those different timelines are things that you can't inhabit, and you can do certain things like to explore. But again, it's all part of the same life. Mm-hmm. It's not like something you can't just go be different. Yeah. Way, you know. Well, and. I just really need to like really shout out this whole community. It's been nothing but warm and receptive to me. Um, I've had the opportunity of being in spaces where I'm the other and I've never felt othered. Even when we went to Korea and, you know, there was, which Korea is a very homogenous um, country and I did not see many people of any other ethnicity. I never felt othered. I never felt. Yeah. Um, singled out or anything, but also with understanding that not all spaces are for me, you know. And right. I mean, that's a good understanding. I think it's hard to reach that point sometimes for people. All right, ask me one more personal question, and then we're gonna get jump to both. Okay. <clears throat> what is something that I, Emily, had to do to love you better during triggering moments? And that question was sent in, which I think was a really. All these questions that we're asking right now are sent in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it seem like nobody sent in any questions. Oh, well, I just... People w- watch this show I wanted and to just follow make, us on I social really media. I really wanted to mention that that question was sent in. It <laughs> <laughs> is a very thoughtful question. Um, I think one of the things that we had a really long conversation about was... Um, was like not have not having to have an answer for something that I was going through and I think it seems like a simple thing like just the active listening listening to understand but I think as I was going through this it was very new um you know you're also going through your own journey and it's hard to say sometimes to not try and help like I'm like that when you have some mm-hmm. issues or things going on like I always sometimes try to like have a an answer when it's really you're solution just like, based. Yeah. When it's really like, I just need you to listen and shut the fuck up. <laughs> like stop, stop trying to like fix it. It's like, I just need to get this off my chest. And I feel like that was something we had to work through on my end. Um, and I don't think it's like you'd love me like any better or worse during those moments. I think it was more like just seeing like where the appropriate or like, wow, like, how to just sit and listen, like kind of in your last answer, you know, like in those uncomfortable times and sometimes there's spaces that aren't necessarily for you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, it's not that you're excluded or other like purposely othered in that way. It's just experiences that aren't, you know, something that you can experience in mm-hmm. the same way I can't experience your experience mm-hmm. and just that active listening piece. I think you were already really good at it, but I think I was a not doing any of this when we first met. Right. When we even like right before we get what when did we get engaged? <clears throat> September of 2019. 2019. So I started this post engagement. Yep. You know, like, and this was like a huge shift, not just in my own life, but mm-hmm. our lives. Yeah. And I think, like, like you said, you know, I'm going 150% mm-hmm. the whole time. And sometimes it is like, you know, oh, I need you to do this or whatever. Like, you're just trying to figure it out too. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us learning that, like, sitting and listening and sitting in the discomfort of whatever it might be was really important to strengthen what Mm -hmm. we already have. You know, and I think one of the things we always tooted our own horns about was our communication when we first got together. Mm -hmm. I think that was really tested for a a minute. 
And I think we came out fairly well on the other side of it to be able to communicate because um, it was more like, okay, we just got to listen instead of just being like, well, you should do this or you should do this, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for those questions, Mm -hmm. people who sent them in. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get to a few of our both questions now questions for both of us um and then we'll wrap up the episode 48 minutes we've been going uh we have a bunch of questions so we could go for even longer but i don't want to take up everyone's time like that so anyways um first question what do i want to talk about here um okay we'll do a couple one serious and then we'll do a couple fun ones um have we discussed future conversations with our uh, how we're going to have future conversations with our son about being biracial and about me being adopted? Yeah. Um I think so. I think we've Yeah, I think we've um talked about, you know, our son being mixed race and I think we've been pretty intentional about buying books that represent that, um, that we plan on reading and, um, knowing other mixed race people and trying to, I think where that's somewhere actively working on is yeah. trying to, um, get more, um, mixed race people in our, in our community and our, in our friend group. Um, but yeah, I think we definitely are going to be very intentional about, the, the schools that we're going we're to, you know, our son goes to. Um, and yeah, as for adoption, um, I don't know if that we've specifically talked about it, but I know that we will. It's, I mean, it's a huge part of your and I's life and therefore he'll be along for the ride in that. Um, yeah, I'll just say, Hey, I have a podcast you can listen to. There's over <laughs> 200 episodes now. Just listen to that. <laughs> And then you'll hear me talk about it. Yeah. And then ask me questions if you want. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, every night I put my headphones up to Emily's tummy and just play <laughs> that. And I'm like, Absolutely. all right, you just get all the information you need right yeah. now. Yeah. But, you know, I do think it's conversations that we've we've already started to have. And I'm sure we'll have more um, once he's here and definitely has a bigger grasp on things and has his own questions that maybe we're not we haven't prepared for and yeah. we'll we'll have to answer in the moment. I think we've also like had conversations with our family um that have been important, you know, um because Patrick's parents have two children who are of a different race. I think they have a little bit more firsthand experience um with comments that maybe are made around their their kid where you know my parents don't have that um so this will be newer for them and I've already kind of had some conversations about you know if someone were to make a comment about our son or around our son like what 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 are some actionable steps that we could take in that moment um what are some things I would hope you would do what are some things you would do you know so I think we're preparing in that way too, is like making sure um, that hopefully can provide a very safe and open space for our son. And yeah, yeah, um, I feel like the mixed race conversation is one that I've had a lot over the last few years, um, but one I hadn't like thought about from a personal perspective until like we started to like we were like, oh, we're pregnant now, and so mm-hmm. we're gonna have this kid. And like, that's a perspective that I want to just continue to learn from. And so, I mean, I'm already developing another podcast with mixed Asian media about that specific thing. Um, but also I think it's about, you know, I've talked on the show about having trouble exploring Korean culture for myself. I feel like that's something we'll end up doing together. Yeah. And something we've talked about is like being a white person, you know, American is not really like a culture. Like, what's my culture? And we've talked about, you know, wanting to explore a little bit of those Germanic roots mm-hmm. on your side. And I right. think that would be fun to do yeah. with our child, too. And I think having that knowledge of our own personal histories a little bit more um, is a good way to broach those conversations as well. Because, like, it, it builds our own knowledge base as the same time as we're sharing and learning that knowledge together. You know, 
and showing, oh, hey, like, it's totally fine that we're both, that you're both of these things. Yeah. You know, and you come from both of these places. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that question. That was a good question. Um, all right. How have we been preparing for baby? Shopping. Shopping. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of things that you have to buy. It's It was kind of really overwhelming at first, like thinking about items that you need. Um, but I have been told, and I do believe that, just get the bare minimum, <laughs> like get sure. the things that you need. And like there, the baby marketing world, kind of like wedding, just because it has the word baby in it. I feel like it's like more right. expensive. They're like telling you, you need all these things. Um, so, but you know, and as a first time parent, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, like, w- will that really impact me if I don't have that, you know, or yeah. is that something I'm going to buy and never use? Um, also every baby's different. So it's right. like, you don't know what they're going to like and what they will need. Um, so, yeah, preparing, I think, like, material-wise, we've we've got a nursery and we've got our stroller. And got pretty much everything that we need. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, and we've been I taking would say a, like, oh, a, yeah, ahead. I would say, like, um, emotionally, um, I don't know if you really can fully prepare um, sure. for something so life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Vlad has joined us for this portion of the conversation. That's our cat. Um, Yeah, I don't know that you can fully prepare. I think we've both done a lot of individual work over the years. Um, And this was definitely like something we, we, I think we always knew we wanted kids. I knew that Patrick was going to be a great dad from the moment I met him. Um, and we both talked pretty early on in our relationship that we wanted children. We kind of timed it and planned it out even. So this wasn't something that we didn't, there was no thought behind, but yeah. Um, definitely all the material stuff and We've been taking parenting class. Yes. So oh, yeah. We have our last one tomorrow. Tomorrow, the day before this episode comes out. Um, and then we'll be ready. We'll be we'll be basically parents. So um, <laughs> no, I think agree on the emotional stuff. Like I think the best thing that I did in preparation was start going to therapy, and that was not intentional for from a parent perspective, just a personal one. And so I think that has been the biggest thing for me in terms of preparation. Um, you were like the aesthetic person and the, and the, not the material person, but like the person who knows all the stuff and has done the most research on that. And so like, yeah, very glad to hand those reins over to you from that perspective. And it's like, I, what can I do? And I know from a personal perspective, it's like just doing that work on me. I think the parenting classes that, which I feel very lucky they are offered to us, um, at our hospital for free um, and that we've taken. They have been very informative. Yeah. Um, We've got to tour the hospital, which was really nice. And um, also feel lucky that I've been able to chat with some other parents and ask questions. And um, I've learned a great deal from other, you know, moms and stuff and taking their advice and. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Two more questions, then we're going to wrap it up here. Um, What's giving you the most anxiety about being a parent? Just making mistakes or not having enough patience or, like, not doing the right thing. It's all the normal stuff. Yeah, I I guess, (laughs) yeah. I mean, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know that you can like fully prepare right. for it. Um, well, I think so, that's right. There's anxiety inducing. Is yeah. Knowing that you can, you'll never be fully prepared. Yeah. yeah. I do think like the, the classes that we've taken have calmed a lot of my anxiety. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, different things that could happen yeah. and that, like the instructor said, it wasn't meant to scare us. It's just to help us be informed. Right. Um, so that has been really nice. But 
yeah, I think parenting is going to be really amazing, but I also think it's going to be really challenging. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I just hope that I can do the best, do yeah. my best and they, no, don't, I feel the they same. don't resent me when they're 30. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like I talked about being calm, you know, but I think if there is anxiety, it's all like when the baby is here, am I doing all the right things? Mm-hmm. Are we doing all the right things together? Um, you know, they're nonverbal for a lot of it, this infancy. So mm-hmm. it's like, if we're doing something wrong, it's hard to say. Like, it's they're not telling us, you know, other than, and even if they're crying, it's like, oh, well, that's like what they're supposed to do. Right. So it's like, are we doing something wrong there? Um, and just like, I think the other thing that I think about that's probably anxiety inducing a little bit is just like, thinking really far down the line from a Mm. legacy standpoint. And I've been talking about like, you know, I can work on myself. That's the legacy. And also there's like the community aspect of it and the, the, like the work that I've done aspect of it, you know, Mm. like from like a personal pride perspective. And then like, um, I guess that's probably two of those things, the community and the, you know, the life that we lead. Is that something that I think feel like is worth it for them i think it is but you know also you never know because it's like so far in the future right but it's like can't help but think about a lot of that future stuff yeah when it comes to that Mm -hmm. so um thank you for that question i thought that was a really good question not gonna get to all the questions but am going to close it out with a fun one that uh has a bonus (laughs) so what do we do for fun slash date nights Mm. I <laughs> I would say travel. Um, we're both really, we both enjoy, I would say we're both pretty extroverted. Probably you more so than me. Um, but yeah, you, say you called yourself a social person earlier and I'm like, well, you also hide from the delivery person. When we <laughs> that is different. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would say like we're both like really down for new adventure and um, we like to try new things um if we hear of like a new restaurant or a new thing in you know in indianapolis like we're always like oh we should go do that you know um we ride our bike a lot um our bikes a lot especially when it's nice out going on walks um we like watching some shows we're currently Rewatching Breaking Bad. Tonight is the last episode, and I totally forget what happened, so I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's a, ever something we've struggled with. I think our our entire relationship is based off friendship, and yeah. I think we came together through friendship and sh- and like shared interest. Um, so. I think we ha- we we genuinely like enjoy each other's company and like hanging oh. out. Um, so we do a lot of hiking, a lot of biking, play board games at home. We're yeah. homebodies a little bit too. A little bit so more like, now. Um, I would say like pre-COVID, like music was a huge part of our yeah, relationship. We a, lot of a lot of shows. Um, yeah, we do a lot of those things, and I'm so glad you brought up Breaking Bad because I was going to say, you know, we watch, we have a lot of different tastes, but we do find ourselves some commonalities and shows. And right now, Breaking Bad is that show. We have been re-watching it over the last few weeks, and we have reached the final episode that we'll be watching after we record this or after we finish this recording. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I actually, I want to ask you this question because I want to answer the question. Um, okay. I want you to give me or give us your Walter White hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is the heart of the show. That is not about Walter White. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a foil. Um, Jesse's the heart of the show. I mean, obviously, the, the, when anyone talks about Breaking Bad, they talk about character development and the evolution that Walt goes on is unlike a, a lot of any TV show that came before it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as the show progresses, you can tell like through his dressing and the lighting, like, Walt becomes way more evil and he's pretty evil. I'm not a Walt hater like you are. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most mild take I've ever heard in my life. That's not even a hot take. That's just a description of the show. 
Yeah, because I don't have like loaded feelings towards. All right, well, well, then I'm going to answer the question. This I still I have a bit place. of. Imp- <laughs> I don't know. I guess I still have a bit of like understanding and empathy for this the situation. I ran out. <laughs> ran out right as season two started. Patrick hates Walt. I've been a big Walter White hater. I said, I think it was like season three. I was like bitch made. Like I was like he's yeah. been bitch made for sure. Like Walt is. I don't know, that, but that's a testament to the writing of the show. Right. Like it's so good and the acting that Brian Cranston does. But I'm just like, man, I hate Walt. He's like, all hate ego. seeing him on the screen. I hate hearing yeah. him talk. Everything that he goes through, I'm like, you could have avoided all of this if you just took some accountability. Yeah, he's he's all ego yeah. and he's driven by power. And But it's because he never he didn't have that before. You know, season one is so clear. That. He had no power. But he's still a straight up bitch. <laughs> For the stuff that he does. He had no power over his life and no voice. And so this is making up for all those times. I'm not giving him a pass. Um, Great writing on the show. Great character development. Jesse's a great character. Um, R.I.P. Combo. He was a good character. Then that was all Walt, too. In a little roundabout way. Pushing into the wrong territories. Anyways, that was what I wanted to ask. Okay, I actually have one more question. um, And then we're going to close it out. Uh, this is a specific one for you, and I thought this question was funny, so I thought I wanted to ask you, what's my most embarrassing moment that you can share publicly? The thing is, Patrick doesn't get embarrassed, or at least he doesn't perceive to be embarrassed very easily. Where I'm kind of the opposite. I feel like I can get embarrassed pretty easily. That's true. Um, I don't know. Your most embarrassing moment. I have a bunch of them. You have <laughs> that a I'm bunch not gonna of, tell. Oh. I'm not gonna share them here. Well, that's not fair. Um, okay, I will share one. You okay. want to share one? Sure. Okay, so I don't remember when this was. Before we were together, I think. Yeah, it was before we were together. I was in Chicago, and there was a. It was during the winter, and there was a jacket from Columbia. They always do the Star Wars collaboration, and I was like waiting for the link to drop to get it because i knew like it would sell out in an instant and i'd been at a friend's house we were drinking and i was like okay i gotta go outside and wait for this and like get it and i was waiting and i was like oh man i gotta pee real bad and so i'm waiting and i'm waiting and i'm finally like okay it's open and i start to place the order and i'm placing the order and i'm like oh my god i gotta pee i'm like okay i just gotta get to the end just gotta get to the end and i hit pay and it says it's like buffering and buffering and buffering and loading and it goes you have you're too late essentially is what it said <laughs> like i didn't get the coat and i was so furious that i just peed my pants right there on the side of the street no. <laughs> trying to wait to get this coat and it was very embarrassing because i had to go back into the party where there was a bunch of people yeah, i didn't that's know super embarrassing um and i didn't even get the damn coat dang that was that was Sorry. yeah i felt like that was pretty embarrassing so, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and from then on, I have not bought one of their coats, even though I like everything that they drop. So, um, Emily, I appreciate you coming on to the show mm-hmm. and sharing so vulnerably with us and just being my wife, being yeah. the mother of our kid that's not here yet, yeah. and being the mother of Vlad, who loves me now more than he loves you. It's rude. Um, <laughs> For okay, I guess I do have one final question for anybody out there listening and watching right now. What is how do we best support you going forward? How can we support you as a new mom? <laughs> I ask everybody this question. Oh, <laughs> um, you would know if you listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh- I don't know, but supporting Patrick's work indirectly supports me and our child and our future. Um, But also, yeah, any moms out there, if you ever want to hang out, (laughs) I'm looking for some mom friends um, or, you know, like people just being there um, to answer questions that I might have or just have community with. Now that I'm about to go on maternity leave, um, I'm hoping to travel with you a bit more um, and go to some more events. Just like logistically, it hasn't been able to work out as much the the past three years. So hopefully I'm able to meet um, more people that you've connected with online. That would be great. 
Um, yeah. Cool. Um, well, I will link her Instagram here in the show notes for people. At so Emily Jimley. At Emily Jimley. We won't get into the backstory of that handle because I don't really remember it, That's but funny. I kind of do. We don't have time. Okay. We've run out of time. Sorry. <laughs> We've run out of time to talk about that. Um, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do for me and for us and everything you do for the world. And I'm proud and happy to be married to you. I'm excited to be a parent with you. And I appreciate you coming on the show and giving us this extended episode, this yeah. extended conversation. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for a second time podcasting with me. Yep. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, for everybody else out there listening, I don't think I have links to stuff in the show notes this week besides what she just talked about. Oh, I will link to our baby registry if you want to buy some gifts. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> I will link that down there. She's saying no, but I will. I'm going to. Um <laughs> If you want to connect with the show, you can do so on Instagram at Conversation Podpiece. If you want to connect with me directly, you can do so at Patrick in the World. Uh, as we wrap up the year, would love if you have enjoyed the show. If you could leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Love if you could follow and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And last but not least. If you have anything else that you want to talk about, you can uh, go onto our website to find it, conversationpeacepod.com. We have a really exciting episode next week to follow this one up to close out 2023. It's going to be our holiday spectacular where we go over your top five episodes of Conversation Peace of 2023. Until then, this has been Emily Armstrong, my wife. I had to get one in there. I am the titular Patrick, and this has been Conversation Peace. See you soon.